In the great halls of USA Today, we assemble the newsroom's mightiest nerds. Brett Molina. I'm so sorry for the producer of this podcast. <laughs> Kelly Lawler. I will fight you on it. Brian Truitt. Spoiler town! <laughs> Together, they form The Mothership. Their mission? To harness their collective encyclopedic knowledge of nerdiness in all its forms. To dissect every trailer, plot twist, and game released for the geekiest of fans. The Mothership, saving the universe from bad comic book adaptations every Friday. All aboard the Mothership, the Geek Culture Podcast from the USA Today Network. Thank you so much for joining us, and happy Friday, everybody. Happy Friday. Uh, let's meet the crew. I'm Brett Molina. I play video games, and what's getting me through this week is um, a new game that just came out for the Nintendo Switch called Pokemon Snap. Um, it's kind of sort of like a standard Pokemon game, because the concept is to catch them all, but it's kind of in a different way. Um, you play as a research assistant that's working on this island, and the main doctor that works there is researching Pokemon characters in the wild. So your job is to go through this island in different areas and snap pictures of Pokemon. It's really simple gameplay. It's really fun. I feel like it's kind of this year's Animal Crossing in that it's the kind of kicked back, relaxing game that if you're just super stressed out about pandemic, this is here for you. Um you literally are just sitting in like a robotic cart and you're using the switch as a camera. And as Pokemon pop up, you take pictures, you can do other stuff too, like toss apples to lure them out and get better pictures. The whole premise of the game is you want to take the best picture possible of each Pokemon. Um, and it's a lot of fun. It's very relaxing, definitely a lot less action than like the regular ones where you're having to train them and fight them and all that stuff. So um, if you're looking for something just really laid back, I highly recommend it. I'm Kelly Lawler. I watch television. Uh, what's getting me through this week is uh, finishing up the second season of For All Mankind, which is an Apple show. Um, I actually have a piece that is out today about Apple as a whole and a bit how I dismissed it when it first came out and there wasn't much programming and none of it was great. Um, but now uh, it's actually a pretty good streaming service. And For All Mankind is actually one of my favorite shows um, on TV right now. Um, it's in alternate history. So in it, the Russians win the space race in 1969 and uh, get to the moon first. And so the space race never really ends because Americans are not good at losing. So we keep coming up with new goalposts to uh, try to beat them on. So the first season is pretty cool. And it's sort of about establishing a base on the moon in uh, the early 70s. Um, but the second season takes place in the 80s. There's lots of changes now, like John Lennon is still alive. Uh, Charles marries Camilla. Um, you know, all sorts of little butterfly effect things. Um, and there's like a whole crew of people who live and work on the moon now. And um, it is just really thrilling. Got really great character stuff. Asked a lot of big questions. Um, and uh, is a really, really good TV show. So highly recommend. The second season ended with a big cliffhanger. So it has already been renewed for a third season. So if you're worried about that kind of thing, don't worry. They will be back. It's interesting you talk about Apple TV because I still remember when they announced it. And it felt like I think it had like four or five shows at the time. And yeah, I think all of us were just like, how are they going to keep this up? There's like 
you could finish everything in a week and then you're just stuck with a streaming service that has no programming. Yeah, they're like closer. They're in the 20s now um, and they've got a few movies. They have some children's programming. Um, they have some like nonfiction programming that I don't really feel like is TV shows. Um, so it's actually pretty good. Um some other stuff I love on that. We've talked about Ted Lasso on this podcast a lot. Um, Mythic Quest returns for season two also today, which is uh, sort of the peg for my story, um, which I love and fans of this podcast would probably love because it's a workplace sitcom set at a video game company. So um, nerdy and very funny. Um, it's from the guys who did It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, but it's not quite as cringy as that show, which I kind of, I like this better than It's Always Sunny. If, if It's Always Sunny is too much for you, but you like what they're going for, You'd, you'll probably really like this. Okay, I'm adding Mythic Quest to the queue, so there we go. Yeah, I can't believe you haven't watched it yet. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's been great. Well, I've gotten into this Fast and the Furious binge, and then also there's just other stuff going on. So, But it's on the list now, definitely. Um, if this is your first time listening, welcome. New episodes of The Mothership drop every Friday, and you can subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you like to listen. While you're on Apple Podcasts, it would be awesome if you could write a quick review about the show. By doing that, you help other fans who love nerdy pop culture find us. And as a bonus, we give you a special shout out on the next episode. So try it out. Tell us what you want to see from the show moving forward. It is all upside for you. Don't forget, along with leaving a review, you can get in touch with us on Twitter. We're at Mothership Pod. Or you can send an email to MothershipPod at USAToday.com. So Brian is out of the office this week, but we have a special guest, Miss Shannon Green. Shannon is an audio editor at USA Today and one of the main architects behind the scenes who got the mothership off the ground. She's here to lend her voice to this week's topic, which is Mother's Day and mothers in pop culture. But first, here's a clip. Hey, 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 how are my best girlfriends? Hey, Miss George. This is Katie. Hello, sweetheart. Hi. Welcome to our home. want you to know if you need anything don't be shy okay there are no rules in this house i'm not like a regular mom i'm a cool mom <laughs> right regina please stop talking okay i'm gonna make you girls a hump day treat so new mom shannon who had her first kid last year is here to talk all things moms and pop culture from our favorite fictional mothers to what she watched to help her get through a quarantine maternity leave so shannon thanks so much for being here i think you've been on the pot a couple times but it's always nice to have you back I am thrilled to be here. It's really fun every time. I'm the biggest fan of the mothership. And now it's funny to come on, to come aboard, to talk about mothers on the mothership ahead of Mother's Day. <laughs> we made sure to clean extra carefully just for you. So I just wanted you to know. Um, let's start here, though, uh, with some of our favorite pop culture moms. Um, Shannon, since you're our guest, let's start with you. Who's your favorite pop culture mom of all time? Well, it's pretty funny that you said something about cleaning because I think that I'm finding in my motherhood identity now that I'm a mom that I'm not any different than I was typical. Like when you age, you don't feel like a 60 year old, you know, you feel like you're a young version of yourself. So I would have never, ever picked um, Regina George's mom on Mean Girls as like my favorite pop culture mom of all time. But you played that clip and I chose her because she is someone who is for better or worse, not lost herself in the role of motherhood. <laughs> you know, she has the same idea that I was just talking about with if you're 60 years old, you think of yourself maybe still as who you were when you were in your 30s, your 20s. And you're like, that's so weird that I'm aging. So I feel like as I've become a mom, I have hit this new phase where I'm just like, 
but I'm still me and I'm still cool. Right. Right. (laughs) Even though I'm totally worried about everything to do with my nine month old son and, um, and I'm very not cool. Um, I still, am just like, okay, like, let me take on this new identity. And I just, I appreciate, I think that there's a lot of roles of mother in pop culture and roles of mothers in our society where all they are is a mother. And I am pushing back on that concept because, you know, you can be an excellent mom and not be not have that be your entire identity. Um, One of my favorite lines of hers from the movie is when uh, Regina's making out with, I think, a new boyfriend or the I forget who, but she pops in the room and she's like, can I get you guys anything? Some snacks, a condom. (laughs) And it's just I'll never forget that scene from which she's. She has her new take on it, right? Like she is not falling into the mold of what you're supposed to be as a mom. And she is being her inappropriate self, honestly. Like she's not being a good mom, but she's being Regina George's mom. (laughs) I think anyone as a teenager would be jealous to have a mom like that. So, yeah, I mean, pros and cons. Like I think Regina cringes every time. She opens her mouth. Um, the other part of that is that Amy Poehler is only like eight years older than Rachel McAdams, who played Regina George, um, which is another f- Hollywood trend of casting way, 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 way too young moms. Like, God, like Sally Field and Tom Hanks for Forrest Gump and all sorts of things like that. Um, so she she is still pretty young. <laughs> She was probably not old enough at that point to have a 16-year-old daughter or a 17-year-old, however they were, old they were supposed to be. So, Kelly, let's hear from you. Who's your favorite pop culture mom of all time? Um, So, I... Uh What jumped out at me at first as I was trying to think about this was um, Elastigirl from The Incredibles um, for a couple of reasons. Um, The Incredibles, besides being the best Fantastic Four movie ever made, um, is a really fun family movie. Um, And I think it gets into what Shannon was talking about, about identity as uh, a mom and as other things. and sort of the difference between how some men and some women view aging. Uh, Because if you remember in The Incredibles, Mr. Incredible um, is having some issues with his uh, post-superhero suburban life, gets a fun assignment that actually turns out to be from a supervillain. His wife has to come save him. The kids tag along. Lots of family fun um, and uh, silliness ensues. So um, I really, I've always, uh, she's always been my favorite character from that movie, um, in particular because she's voiced by Holly Hunter, who has a, like, one of the most incredible, like, voices in Hollywood. It's very distinct and kind of gravelly and cool. Um, And I think she's just a fantastic actress and she does a great job with that part. Um, and I also enjoyed how in Incredibles 2, which is not nearly as good as the first one, but it's still fun, it's kind of uh, refocuses the movie to be really all about Elastigirl, um, who is, you know, I always found her much more interesting than Mr. Incredible, who is very predictable and uh, is a character we've seen a lot of times before. And I think we've seen a lot of moms who break out of their routine a lot, but um, this was in a very extreme, super heroic way. Did you like her performance better in Incredibles or Incredibles 2? Um, I think Incredibles, because it's just, I like the movie better overall. Okay, let me get to my pick for my favorite pop culture mom of all time. Um, I'm going to Stranger Things 
And of course, when I say that, I'm sure everyone's going to think, oh, he's going to pick like Steve Harrington or something. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm actually going to pick the actual mom from Stranger Things, Joyce Byers, who is played by Winona Ryder. And the reason I picked her and she's one of my favorites is first off, I think the fact, you know, the the transformation that she makes from kind of the worried mom who's like stuck at home and feels like powerless because her child is missing to becoming this kind of more badass character that, you know, is just, you know, that, you know, you always hear those uh, quotes and comments about, you know, mama bear and don't make mama bear angry, that kind of stuff. Um, but that's kind of what she becomes. She becomes this very, very protective, strong, you know, strong willed woman. And um, it's just fun watching her transform over those three seasons. And. The other thing that she reminds me of, too, is most of the time, our moms are usually almost always right. So that's something that comes to fruition in Stranger Things, too, where everyone thinks she's crazy because she thinks Will's still alive and Will's still out there. And it turns out he is, even though everyone thinks that, you know, he's dead. She needs to move on. And I feel like every season it's the same. Like she seems one step ahead of everything, even though everyone thinks that she's crazy. But it turns out she was right the whole time. So... I think that's why I like her character the most, because it just reminds me of the, I think, the positive qualities of being a mom, which is, you know, just being very protective, very strong willed um, and most of the time right about everything, pretty much. I think Kelly will get my reference when I say what I'm about to say. And I want to say to the listeners, if you know this reference, tweet me. And I will give you flowers in the form of compliments. (laughs) Um, So here it comes. Built it up. Um, I do think that when you talk about women who are not being trusted, who are seen as crazy rather than like having following their instincts and, you know, desiring to believe them. um, It makes me want to say crazy is actually a sexist term. And if you know that reference, then um, you'll know one of the shows I couldn't stop watching while I was dealing with the pain of recovery on maternity leave, (laughs) which we'll get to. Um, But yes, I think Joyce Spires is a total badass. And so is Elastigirl. Those are great picks. Well, I'm just wondering, do we need to um, get our producer to pull a clip of Brett saying that moms are always right to send to his wife and his mother just for some um, evidence, just just in case they ever need to bring it out in court or, you know, at the grocery store. If my mom ever hears me saying this, I am never going to hear the <laughs> end of it. So um, it would be a great Mother's Day gift, which is Sunday. And if you haven't gotten one, it's like something you could email. Is it sounding a little more appealing? <laughs> I'll, I'll have to think. I'll have to think this one over. We'll see how this goes. Um, my dad did one time say that he and his siblings, he's got eight siblings, um, that they raised themselves. And my grandmother never, ever, 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 ever let him live it down until the day she died. Um, truly. It's the worst thing he ever did to her. <laughs> well, it seems like it's still living on generationally. So, like, kudos to your grandmother. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Um, okay, so we've talked about our favorite pop culture moms. Let's talk about the moms who actually are terrible mothers, but they're actually just really fun characters that we love anyway. Um, Shannon, what's your pick? Lucille Bluth from Arrested Development. Um, You know, she really puts her kids through a lot of agony and it is fun to watch (laughs) because I think that uh, that's something I really think about a lot with becoming a new parent that I am going to 
damage my son. Like there's, it's, it's inevitable. Um, I think every parent damages their kids in some capacity. Like, I just think it's part of having a relationship. Um, it was in my and my husband's wedding vows that we said, like, we are going to hurt each other, but it's so frequently not our intention. And I feel that same way about raising a kid. And so, you know, there's something kind of endearing about being able to watch like the, the ways that maybe Lucille thinks that she's somehow serving her children, but she's just legitimately harming them. <laughs> and it's funny because it's, I think it's really relatable for a lot of families. Um, and yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> Lucille is a lot. It's funny because I, I haven't seen the show, a lot of the show, but I've seen so many gifts people share of her and some of the one-liners that I'm just like, okay, maybe I should watch it because... She just seems to have so many funny little quips that pop up. She does. And one thing I love is that um, Archer, which is um, an FXX, uh, or maybe just FX, um, <laughs> adult animated series about um, a terrible spy, um, like wanted their mother character to be like Lucille Bluth. And they were, ended up getting Jessica Walter to play, to do the voice for her. Um, and so she is a bit Lucille Bluth. Um, so that kind of carried over into a whole nother pop culture mom who was very funny um and jessica walter is wonderful and uh miss her already she is she's a total badass and i think she also really spoke up for she's advocated for herself in her workplace in a major way i'm sure you all know the story um so i think that she's just a woman to respect as an actor and in this goofy character that so many of us love. Go see a Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. I don't know. What, I'm not cool. That, <laughs> there's a funny quote too, right about a banana, like the price of a banana. And I'm trying to remember what the actual quote is, but I can't remember the actual figure. It's like, how much can a banana cost? $50? Something like that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Like how out of touch it is. Yeah, that's great. Terribly out of touch. Ooh. Uh, so, okay, Kelly, let's hear your pick. Terrible mom, but a really great character that you love. Well, um, I made this pick before Shannon made hers, so um, I wasn't changing it. Uh, I picked uh, Amy Poehler and Mean Girls. Um, I was also the one who chose the clip for this episode because I was like, you know, we're talking about a bunch of different things. We just need someone saying something about the word mom, and then I'm a cool mom jumped into my head right away. Um, but, um, yeah, she's a terrible mother. Um I, uh, Mean Girls was like such a touchstone movie for me as a, you know, very classic millennial. Um, and I think that that stereotype of the like mom who was trying to be fun, um, who was like actually awful was like kind of like the Chris Jenner kind of thing all going around at the same time. And like the, in the aughts as uh, as we like to say um but she's like one of the best parts of the movie and she's not in it very frequently um and uh i mean her like we already mentioned some of the good quotes i enjoy also when uh, she like brings like mocktails to uh regina and katie and, and friends and katie goes oh, is there alcohol in this and the mom's like goodness no what kind of mother do you think i am but if you want some, I really prefer you drink at the house. <laughs> <laughs> like she's just trying so hard to be cool. She's trying so hard in the uh, uh, when they do the sexy Christmas dance to Jingle Bell Rock. She's like <laughs> crunking in the audience. It's it's all too much. And uh, uh, I love Amy Poehler. Um, so yes, I I take no 
inspiration from her, but I enjoy her jokes. And it's funny, too, because she doesn't have a ton of lines in that movie, but they're just so good that it's just hard to forget her. You know, she's just she makes such a, a good impact in that movie. Just a look from her or her dances. Yeah, you can never forget. I think that's just that speaks to who Amy Poehler is and as an actress that she can act with her facial expressions just as well. And they are just as funny. So, okay, my pick for terrible mom, but a great character. Um, part of this is inspired because uh, I just started rewatching 30 Rock. Um, but one of my favorite characters is Colleen Donaghy, who uh, was played by Elaine Stritch. Um, she plays Jack's mom in the show. And I've always felt like those episodes with Jack and his mom were always some of the best ever. Um, I actually just watched uh, the one a couple nights ago where uh, Liz Lemon's family is in town from Ohio and for Christmas. <laughs> so and it's the dynamics funny because, you know, the 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 parents seem really sweet. Liz's brother is had a really bad ski accident. And so he thinks it's still 1985. So, yeah, so you have that dynamic and then Jack wants his family dynamic so badly that he joins them on going out to eat and going ice skating and then Jack's mom finds out and so she tries to prove to him that they're actually really terrible people and she'll get the worst out of them, which she eventually does and it's hilarious. But then there's another really good episode where um, Jack accidentally runs her over with his car. And I love it because she has fantastic quotes in that, but also Jack has really good ones. Like there was one where um, they're going back and forth and Jack says something like, what kind of mother tells her son that John Kennedy died because he talked in church <laughs> and like just these crazy <laughs> one liners just to like show how horrible she is. But she was also, but it's also hilarious too, because she really does obviously love Jack, but she just does it in not so great ways. Um, you know, I think it says something about our society that we find emotional abuse so funny. You know, we we love to watch violence in our action movies too, but it's just I guess it's just part of life. But I think it's you know like that's that would be so trauma inducing for a child. I mean, it is trauma inducing to say you're the reason that whatever you know, Um, and so (laughs) it's a lot. Another example, a lot can be funny. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. And um, it was just, it's great, too, because she, Elaine Stritch was fantastic in that role. But then also she brought out really good moments from Alec Baldwin, too. So it was just a, it was a wonderful give and take between the two of them. Totally agree. So, Shannon, you gave birth and went on maternity leave during the pandemic. And you happen to watch a lot of TV and movies to get through that time. Uh, talk about some of your favorite stuff. Yeah, I think that I could probably write a story for USAToday.com that's a personal narrative about how the pandemic influenced what TV I watched and what movies I watched. And of course, giving birth and having a newborn and not sleeping influenced a lot of the TV that I watched. Um, my son is an incredibly good sleeper, we found out. and um, But I wasn't because my life had changed. What? That was me knocking on wood for you guys for the future. Oh, that was me knocking you. on wood loudly <laughs> yeah, for you I know, for the I know. Future. I hope it keeps it up. Um, but uh, my life had changed so much and I was so worried and anxious and just, you just, it's big. You, you're like, I want to keep this perfect little boy alive and with safe sleep and everything else, like any parents listening and maybe anyone who loves any parents knows what I'm talking about. Like there's just 
there's pressure and, um, and there's tons of joy too. So there's just like a lot of big emotions running in you. So I kept being like, okay, maybe if I watch this show, I'll fall asleep. (laughs) And, you know, and also I was doing a lot of like pretending I was in the show because I was in like the most pain I've ever been in my life. Um, especially like in the first month, six weeks I was in, you know, I was recovering from a C-section. I was learning how to breastfeed and like it all got better with like every passing day, like the pain decreased. But I remember when I first came home from the hospital watching the final table and I do not watch food competition shows. This was like Michelin star restaurant chefs competing to win this competition that was international. Um, And so they were just making really good food and I couldn't go to restaurants and I couldn't see people to have them come see my baby, you know? So I had a lot of people reach out and be kind and lots of video calls, but it just like, I was so desperate to be in a restaurant or to be with a bunch of people. And so I was just pretending that I was like in the crowd of the show and that I was eating all the food and this like pretending thing I was doing just kept me being like, okay, I want out of my body that's in pain. I'm just going to pretend I'm eating this delicious food. So it's very like psychosomatic, I guess. Um, so I was just like, Dusty, we have to watch the final table and I have to watch it again. Like we must do it. (laughs) Um, and then of course, um, another example that was just fun and very relatable is working moms, especially as I've come back from maternity leave. Um, I really related to a lot of it and it's an incredible economy. Highly recommend working moms. Um, I watched, all kinds of movies that were on HBO and like other services that we pay for. Um, so, you know, there, there isn't one movie that stands out. Um, and I'm also noting that I listen to a lot of podcasts, a ton of music. I would, sometimes I would just ask Google to play Hamilton and then I'd ask Google to play nineties rap. And I'm just like, am I, am I ruining my child? (laughs) Like, is he hearing too much violence in some of the Hamilton lyrics? Is he hearing too many curse words? Well, he's nine months. He's not talking. Um, so really anything I could do to try to get myself out of my reality because I was missing people so much and I was so sad because of what was happening with the pandemic and just really sad about not being able to share the joy of my son with, I mean, really anyone. Like, obviously I was upset that I wasn't seeing my family and my good friends, but, you know, including Brett Molina and Kelly Lawler. Like I would have loved to bring, um, and Brian Truitt, I would have loved to bring my baby into the newsroom, you know, and have you guys all fuss. Like, you know, two of you on this show are parents and Kelly has sent many gifts (laughs) to little baby Phoenix. Um, so all this to say that like, I wanted to go to a coffee shop. I wanted to, you know, um, just to have people be like, oh, look at that cute baby. So I got it on walks sometimes. And um, but I think that there's a lot of imaginative things you can do to make your life a little better when you're going through hard times. And I just really see TV and podcasts and music and movies as as art that helps you get through tough times. Um So, yeah, so that's why I love the mothership, because I love that you all talk about how this art can get us through Um, and what a beautiful thing that is. You know, we we had so many of our coping mechanisms taken away from us this year and and for a lot of people, 
they still are taken away. Um, I am immunocompromised, but I am done with that on May 19th, everyone. So watch. I'm getting the shot, I think, on May 20th. I need to make an appointment, but May 20th, I get my first shot, and I'm going to be... Getting the shot? Oh, gosh, yes. Yes. Yeah. No, it was was unfortunate timing for me with the medicine I had to go on. Um, But yeah, I'm just thrilled. Um, I'm thrilled that, like, the world is opening up, and I'm so glad that I had my colleagues podcast to rely on like I definitely was listening to the mothership to get through um reading Kelly Lawler's newsletter staying apart together like honestly like I really appreciate the creative work that I have found that helped me imagine my reality was a little different for a little while you know it's reading reading Brett's tech stories I'm just like let me dive into this drama in the tech world instead of my reality because my reality is just too much I can't handle it um so yeah thank you guys so is this technically your first mother's day this is my first mother's day Dusty did something when I was pregnant my husband Dusty did something when I was pregnant um but yeah this is my first actual mother's day all right well all right baby phoenix Bar, the bar is set. Come on. Gotta go, gotta go shopping. <laughs> gotta go big. Go big or go home. Nine months. That's plenty old enough to make a card. <laughs> My mom and dad are coming up this weekend. So that's going to be really nice. Um, so yeah. And they're vaccinated and we're all good. It's, it's good stuff. Well, congratulations. And I hope you enjoy your very first Mother's Day. And thanks so much for being on with us. It was great having you. Thanks, guys. Bye. Okay, listeners, it's your turn. What are you doing for Mother's Day? And who are your favorite pop culture moms? Let's talk about it on Twitter. You can find us at Mothership Pod, or you can tweet at us individually. I'm at Brett Molina 23. I'm at K-Lals, K-L-A-W-L-S. And Shannon is at Shannon Ray Green, R-A-E. Um... Don't forget, you can email us too. We're at mothershippod at usatoday.com. That'll wrap it up here. Thanks so much for listening. Special thanks to our pilot slash producer of The Mothership this week, Adam Fish. If you like the podcast and don't want to miss an episode moving forward, you can subscribe to The Mothership for free on Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, it would be wonderful if you could leave a rating or review about the show. It helps other people find the podcast and we get some really good feedback. If Apple Podcasts isn't your thing, you can also find us on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts. Until next week, happy Mother's Day and nerds out. Happy Mother's Day.